hello, everyone. Another edition of our exciting briefings. They get more and more exciting all the time. And um, amazing, we have Spanish. And so if you click at the bottom globe, if you are a Spanish speaker, you will get real-time interpretation in Spanish. All right, let's get right started right away. And um, I'll simply share a screen while people are coming in. Wow, a lot of people joining. This is fantastic. All right, so this is Water the New Gold, helping you thrive in the world's only vital, scarce, and recession-proof market. And this is proving to be more and more so. It is Thursday the 20th, briefing number 111. Okay, so of course we have the usual um, safe harbor statement, which says that we do our very best to tell you like it is, but these are just estimations and um, they could end up differently. However, we really do try hard to tell you like it is. Okay. As I was just saying, all briefings are now translated in real time. You just click on the globe at the bottom of your Zoom screen, choose Spanish, and replays will be available in, and transcripts, I believe, will be available in both languages. All right. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to shift to the media mode where we have three interesting clips to play. So let's get right into it. Wonderful. I love the latest and greatest technologies that we've been doing that were specifically for real estate communities. And it presents some interesting opportunities and problems for everybody because real estate developers are going to make beautiful new homes, these nice neighborhoods, and they're going to have lakes and ponds and stormwater runoff and all these other fun stuff. And so I'm sitting at one right now, which happens to be my home. So when you look out there, Dan. I'm jealous, Tom. I know, but it's actually a man-made lake. Believe it or not. Beautiful. That's a 40-acre lake. But the ones on the other side of the neighborhood are typically five-acre, 10-acre, lots of little one, two, five-acre things. Summer stormwater runoff. Summer is supposed to be beautiful, so you can get the million-dollar house put on them and charge the premium. But you and I found an undiscovered problem here in these lakes and a need. When you build these man-made ponds, they become repositories for sediments, everything that gets flushed off of the urban landscape. You've got uh, tramp oils, you've got fertilizers, you've got pesticides, you've got everything that that urban environment has and it flushes into those bodies of water. Now these stormwater management ponds are designed to collect, retain, and to a certain extent, try to treat that water. 
what happens is the first couple of years, pristine, looks beautiful. It accomplishes what it's there for. It's an amenity and an aesthetic and the people and the neighbors love it. The neighborhood loves it. But as time marches on, what happens? More and more nutrients get flushed. And what happens? It starts stinking. You get algae blooms. You get cyanobacteria. You can get red tides if you're, in, if you're actually in a bay, like in the, the Tampa Bay region. And so now what was an aesthetic now becomes a nuisance. What was an amenity now becomes an albatross. And that is, it, it is so problematic. It's very, it's so problematic in Florida and in these warmer regions where you have a lot of these stormwater impoundments, the stormwater ponds. So the one thing, the one thing that we have worked on and that um, through a strategic relationship is that we are developing technologies uh, to go in and to uh, naturally remedy and treat these impoundments, these ponds and these lakes and these water features and do it energy efficiently, do it all naturally to remove the nutrients, the nitrogen and phosphorus and those types of things. We are going to take and we're going to implement this biological fixed film component. This is this biological ceramic biofilm. And we're going to use this. Uh, and you can liken it to putting coral in the water where literally you have these incredible amounts of surface area. This is technology that we are, you know, um, almost the sole provider uh, of. We have a, a pipeline to a partner that is just amazing. And this is the secret to what we call the Pondster technology. We previously called it the bio buoy, if you were around for that. And this is what we're implementing to um, colonies of bacteria live on these ceramic surfaces, which have all these little cracks, uh, literally, it, you know, probably adds up to thousands of miles of surface area in there. And that bacteria, bacteria. is And a specifically engineered approach where we are leveraging this enormous biological capability to remove residual carbon. We can take ammonia, which is toxic in the environment, and we can convert that to nitrate. And we can do it in a single step and we can treat the same quantity of water at probably about 2% of the electrical demand. And why is that? It is leveraging the inherent biological efficiency of the microorganisms that would live inside the porous media. What is really cool about this, Tom, is that we've created these modules. It would fit in the, in the back of a pickup truck. It's how big, it's how small one of these modules would be. And it would be freestanding, self-supporting. You lower it down into these big concrete tanks with the pig lagoons, the pig manure, and all the stuff concentrated. Put it under aeration, and you allow the you allow the natural world and the microbiological world to do what it does best. You basically get to make my ponds and lakes and stormwater ponds clean, healthy, and fresh. And in end, you don't use chemicals. That's right. We don't want it heap problems on top of problems. Um, a lot of regions are outlawing the use of copper sulfate as a, as a remedy and a treatment for algae uh, to prevent algae growth in ponds. As copper sulfate continues to accumulate in those ponds and in the local environment, it becomes, it becomes a problem, a serious problem. So you and I looked at that and said, hey, there's a better way, and you were already doing some better ways, because obviously, traditionally, you've seen the chemical treat, then we've seen aeration, then we've seen oxidation as methodologies. But then we're coming out in this with a biofilm or a biological way of then bring the water body to a more balanced level and making it cleaner and fresher and removing the toxicity levels so that the balance of the water 
can be good. And not just at the top layer, but all the way down to the deep layers. On the business side, what we've done is we've taken all this wonderful conversational concept stuff and actually put it in a box. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's it, I'm like machine in a box, water treatment in a box. So our box on this particular one is, right now it's called a Pondster, but it's also a variation of some other things that you've developed in the past with wastewater treat and so forth. So we made a module, we put it in a machine, in a box, and now plug and play, whoop, deploy. So that's cool. And then price pointing wise, we try to bring this thing down, 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 in the sub $100,000 level. And even in the sub, you know, sub $75,000 level, where we're trying to get into these ranges in the 50s to $80,000 range to put something out in the field that really does the job really, really well and competes insanely better than anything else out there. In this few minutes, we've shared more information than 20 PowerPoints ever could have. It's just incredible, Dan. Your, your wealth of knowledge is exactly right. So thank you. Thank you very much. Have fun. That is amazing. Um, and, you know, Dan tends to keep um, his, his, his uh, technology innovations are so powerful that sometimes we underrate them. Um, but this Ponster, which is being installed, as you know, at our first trailer park in Alabama, and we'll be covering that in the weeks to come, uses this um, uh, microporous uh, ceramic technology that hosts it like literally a coral reef's worth of bacteria. Super exciting, and I can't wait to keep showing to you guys, but that is the technology behind it. Okay, here's a quick look at what this week uh, progressive water treatment was, was working on. Let's take a look. Just uh, notice the, just, I love the, the quality of the work, the workmanship, the welds, the, the product. Uh, this, this team is just amazing. Before I go on, I have a little chat. Uh, Rick Garcia, who's, um, you know, works with us on our crypto side, says this is very innovative. And he is so right, this biofilm thing. We'll be, we'll be covering it in the future, so stand by for that. All right, so now we're going to go into text slides, which is why I slipped out of the... Um, uh, share so I could recalibrate without the uh, the fuzzy video mode. Okay, here we go. All right, what's up with our annual report? <laughs> God, this is like, you know, uh, 
the return of the zombies. All I can tell you is filing is imminent. Believe me, it is imminent. I cannot say it is super imminent. As to the fix, well, I have some very good news there because we, um, we intend, and you know that when I finally deal with something, I finally deal with it, is that we have um, the uh, interviews of our CFO candidate with both the external accountant is, is done and we uh, got a full report yesterday from Gwen and then the auditors who are independent, they didn't actually interview, they just had a conversation because they have nothing to do, they're independent, they have nothing to do with the, uh, the, um, the job process, but they you know, felt that he seemed familiar. So they, they were not passing judgment, that's not their job. So we have extended a job offer and he's reviewing it to overnight. So I fully expect to have the CFO within a matter of days. Now, um, remember that our quarterly filing is due on the 14th, of June for the first quarter, so very soon, with a five-day um, extension allowed by law, so up to the 19th. So we're not planning to put the CFO in place before that's done because we don't want to rock the boat. Now, um, what's going to happen is uh, this, this person, he's a male, he will be working from the ground up putting in place the proper processes that we need because really what's what we lack, we have a problem with basics. We do a lot of wonderful stuff, but this is really basic stuff. And interestingly enough, none of the problems with the annual filing had to do with progressive water with all the um, tracking of job costs and labor. That's actually doing really well. So what the problem was, uh, I can tell you this, is that it was all about um, is it amazing amounts of, of equity issuances we're doing and complexities of that. And it got into pages and pages. Uh, in the next um, briefing, I will show you this stuff and you'll see what exactly happened. Okay, so moving on to exciting news, we filed a trademark and it's called H2O. Um, and I'll show you the, the filing right here and there it is. So this is what we filed on Sunday. And so what we filed was a uh, patent, um, you can see what the identification is, um, managing and verifying cryptocurrency transactions on a blockchain, et cetera. Section 1B, which means intent, intend to use. Um, we can't just put the name on on our website and say we're using it. You actually have to be using it as a coin or a token or whatever. Um, but intent to use res reserves it for you. That's, that's the 1B. All right. Uh, cryptocurrency trading, cryptocurrency transactions, cryptocurrency payments in water-related projects. All right, and then um, I think that's pretty much it. The rest of it is uh, just general stuff. But what this means is that we have the H2O coin. Now, there was an H2O coin back in 2015. It failed. And in crypto, when um, a, a, a coin fails, and really does, because you can look up the H2O coin, it just went away. Um, then you can take over that name. So H2O is the name we, because H2O as a name is taken as a trademark, we were able to trademark dollar H2O. Um, and so that, which is very common for crypto names. As to the platform it's on, remember this is still in development. Um, you know, are we gonna do non-fungible tokens? Remember fungible means you can swap it back and forth. A non-fungible token means you cannot swap it, it is unique. We're about to cover this in our new report. So let's go back to the presentation. This is the, you're gonna be the first ever to see this actual presentation. So I'm gonna flip over 
to um, Google Slides and start. All right, well, this is Riggs Eckleberry and I'm presenting to you Broken Water, a Worldwide Health Crisis. How can we help? Let's take a look. So we'll be reviewing how the water's in crisis. Is the USA any better? What about runaway inflation? What's the solution? How outsourcing can help? And finally, how we're exploring digital currency. Of course, you know some of the numbers. 80% uh, of all illnesses and deaths in the developing world come from water. 6,000 children per day die. More people die from unsafe water than war. And you know, 80% of sewage worldwide is released untreated. And we, even though we actually treat, we flip the number, we treat more than 80% of our sewage, but we only recycle less than 1%. So we're not exactly responsible players. You kind of knew that, didn't you? All right, water safety, 1.2 billion do not have safe water. Now 2.4 billion don't have decent sanitation, which means things like a ventilated latrine pit. I mean, pretty safe, pretty, pretty basic, right? Um, all the way up to flushing toilets. Now, here's 60% of the world's population do not have safely treated sanitation. What does that mean? That means that the um, what comes out of the toilets doesn't get properly transmitted to a sewage plant or whatever. It just goes into the groundwater and so forth. So that's a you know bad problem, of course. Kofi Annan, back in 2003, he uh, was Secretary General of the United Nations, and he convened summits that basically said, look, we're going to reduce by half the proportion of people without sustainable access to these two things by 2015. So let's see how, how we did. Well, we actually have um, fewer people. The number of people without access to safe sanitation has risen. Now, on the other hand, we've had a population growth of nearly double. Um, and the, I apologize, the number of, with access has increased to nearly double what it was. So we covered the population growth, but we didn't beat it. The same basic number stayed in place. This 4.6 billion number is kind of locked and that's the number we got to beat. All right, so here's another amazing fact, 40 billion work hours lost in Africa each year to the need to carry water. That's roughly a billion hours a week in Africa. That's crazy. Water is the most pressing infrastructure problem in the world today. We think of roads and bridges and so forth, um, even you know, putting in internet and so forth. Frankly, water is the most important. And I would argue it's the most neglected in relative terms. Now, we say we're good. Well, we do have access to drinking water. I like to say that you won't die right away from the drinking water, but thousands, uh, tens of thousands of US Safe Drinking Water Act violations in any year. Now, this is an interesting topic. People are moving to the communities, the rural communities, and uh, oddly enough, the rural places have more problems because their water systems are not as great. So you're gonna see a problem of people moving from the cities out to the country and overloading those systems. Now, 26 million septic tanks have been built for all the people moving out to the countries. You know, a broker living in Bozeman, uh, Montana is now going to, um, you know, um, have his, um, I saw uh, Bozeman, Wyoming, I believe it is. No, no, it's, it's Montana. 
Bozeman, Montana. Um, he, he or she was gonna, is gonna put in a septic tank because they're nowhere near the sewage plant. Well, they cause you know, a grand total of a couple hundred thousand viral and bacterial illnesses. So this is especially sensitive because of the, we really started to pay attention to uh, things like COVID and some say that's not the end of it. So we have to pay attention to this. Okay, now in the middle of all this, US infrastructure has been getting worse steadily since 1960. We've been spending more and more on operation and maintenance every year, like putting more oil in your old car, Einstein's definition of insanity. And you don't know this, but uh, federal spending, which was not that great to start with, um, only $16 billion a year, um, now went to 14 billion in 2014 and it's gotten worse. So it's now below 10%. Of course, the problem is that there's no fix in sight because of this 100 billion, it's actually a $100 billion per year investment gap in our 140,000 plus water systems. Now remember that number. There's, as you know, the US Senate passed a $35 billion water bill almost unanimously. I think there were like two people dissented. So bipartisan, people wanna fix it. And then the uh, large uh, infrastructure bill coming along, the $2 trillion one, is another $111 billion. Well, what does that do for us? It's only about one year of catch-up. So what does it do? Now, here's what's even worse about it. Runaway inflation. You know, as you know, uh, lumber and many things, including corn, have more than doubled. And in the case of lumber, almost quadrupled. And what does that mean for... Um, the future, they could triple from here based on what happened in the 2008 recession. So think about it. it. Lumber could go to 12 times its cost 12 months ago. That's a very, very difficult thing to, to think about. Now, runaway inflation defeats infrastructure projects. Argentina has 50% per year inflation. I guarantee you they're not doing major infrastructure projects because you need price stability. You can keep adding on more money to it, but you, you just, you can never spend enough and you can't keep up with the runaway train. So what's the solution? What do we do about it? And that's where you and I, my friends, we can do something about this. Direct action. Direct action by local business can save America's water. As you can see in this diagram, we have a number of different decentralized plants, a commercial building, a um, animal farm, um, agriculture, industrial cooling, et cetera, all enables a smaller central plant. So you're taking the load off the central system. It's decentralization, just how we took the load off of all. Back in the day in the 50s, we had mainframes and a big load and everybody was waiting in line. And then we, we pushed all the processing out to personal computers. And now the central computers are not so overloaded. And it, it works very well in high tech. This can be done in water. And it is actually happening. Why? Because there is a financial incentive. We're seeing it again and again and again. Businesses looking at municipalities, local, like for example, there's a, a brewery, um, so a Russian River Brewery in, in Sonoma County. They uh, saw the Sonoma County uh, rates for treating their, their wastewater were going out of sight. And it literally made sense to go ahead and, and install a system. So financially, they were well ahead doing it themselves. Now, they can cut the cord by sending only treated water to the city, which means they don't have to pay. 
um, recycle their treated water, get more than one use out of it, and they can cut the cord and not operate a sewage line at all. And that's what we did, for example, on the right-hand side, a dealership in Pennsylvania that was able to relocate without connecting to a sewer line. Many other categories of businesses that we are have either installed or are working with on bids actively right now. So we know this direct action is happening. Why? Because we're there and we are the player who's doing it. How do we know? Because we're getting these bids. Modular water systems is a picture here on the left of one of our $40,000 gallon per day systems um, that was built by Dan early in a previous life. And we have these um, bids. You can do the math on how much that is. Well, two thirds of these are private businesses. Therefore, they qualify for this. Perfect fit? Yes, but what's going on? Money. These things take months and months. I watch the forecast. We have a meeting every Monday morning. I look at the forecast and things move like a snail. And Ken Berenger and I, who were strategizing over this for the last year, were like, well, how do we, how do we break this? How do we break this? And we realized it's the funding, stupid. Half of our prospective clients for modular water systems would approve our quotes if they could pay for their water as a monthly bill and not a capital expense. And that's what we're working on. So we launched uh, Water on Demand, which is a financial play to accelerate water treatment. So money for money. And it means that you know, as we raise capital for this, we don't have to have progressive water do all the work. If it gets overloaded, we can give the business to other water companies. But for the client, it's total outsourcing. What does that look like? Well, you saw this diagram last week. Let's break it down. Number one, there's investment in the subsidiary that we put together called Water on Demand. Um, number two, down there on the bottom left, there is, uh, you know, building the system. Actually, these things are flipped around. They should be, you know. So number two is operating contract with price index. And then at the bottom left is the, the building. Uh, number four is the cloud connected network, bottom right with the sensor array. Five, managing and billing it. And six, shares of profits to investors and partners. So that's just doing it the classic way. Next thing is um, really what's great is combining it with our modular systems, which are roll and roll out. If the customer doesn't pay, the equipment is repossessed. Therefore, we don't have to take an arm and a leg from them. We don't have to get you know, personal guarantees or anything because we can take it back. It's the rent-a-center model, as I say. So what does this mean? It means that outsourced subscription-based programs can generate managed services fees for decades. Not like what Progressive Water does. All those machines you saw in that video, they're sending them out, getting money and going, you know, maybe they keep a service contract, but they don't have the full outsourced managed services. Now we're retaining ownership of these machines. We're not selling them. When, when we finance Water On Demand, we keep the equipment and we just charge for use. This builds our asset base and potentially is what we get to use for the potential listing on a national exchange. So that is one of the big things you know that I, that I work on as an ambition is to get onto the NASDAQ. Now for investors, water is historically safe. It is stable and high yield. Look at global water consumption. It just never stops, right? Um, in fact, some of the biggest growth is in Asia, as you can tell, that's really taken off. So the whole world there is just keeps on rolling, water is never gonna be in less demand than it is. And of course, we know it gets worse. We like to think it's a lot like what cellular did to telecom. 
Remember that places like Africa had no telephone systems. And so um, cell tower companies like MT, CCI, and SBAC went and put in these huge networks of cell towers. And of course, they, they had huge gains. The point is this. We basically have no infrastructure for water. We have bad infrastructure in, in, in America, and we have missing infrastructure in Bangladesh, Africa, you name it. They just dump it in the, the rivers, the ground, et cetera. So really what it is, is just like putting in a new mobile network. Now, what's new? Because, you know, water as a service, as it's called, have been doing, you know, been ha happening with uh, these large systems. For example, Aqua Ventures was doing, uh, still is doing island systems that they do, you know, on the meter, but they're huge desalination systems. But the smaller ones are new and the big water companies don't know how to handle it yet. And also they don't have the modular systems like we do the patented modular systems and that's where we come in. So um, now here's the problem with small systems. Manage them is a headache. And we know this because we pay dividends currently on our unaccredited round that we did up until the 27th of April. We had, um, you know, we, we paid dividends as low as $4.18 per month. This is ridiculous, right? There's more time in handling these things. So we looked at what the solution was. Digital currency. Now, we envisioned something called a non-fungible token. I told you that fungible means that you can, like $2 bills are fungible. You can swap them. Non-fungible means, no, this dollar bill, whatever it is, it cannot be substituted for that other one for whatever reason. So it's being used right now, for example, for art to lock down people selling houses with it, right? One house does not swap another house. They have, they have different land, different deed, different owners, different everything. So an NFT is a way to identify a specific um, revenue, in this case, a revenue stream and as you know, we filed for trademark protection of this, what we're calling H2O, dollar H2O. Now, H2O can optimize payments. As you can see here, number one is a smart contract. Number two, it leads to a profit share, um, which then the profit share is turned into this coin. And each H2O contains the entire lifetime value estimated of that profit or revenue share. So let's say there's 25 years of operation for that machine, it generates, X amount of revenue plus inflation. And that is built into that little sliver called H2O that is issued. Now, what's the logical thing that happens next? Potential for a future market. Now, the transfer is seamless. Why? Because it's in a you know, crypto wallet, just have an address. You can transfer it. And um, now, Origin Clear doesn't have to worry about you know, where does the payment go? It goes to the wallet always. So takes that problem away. And now these things become swappable and the future payments are included. We think that just like as what's been happening in NFTs in, in the world, um, natural marketplaces, uh, I think they did $2 billion in transactions in the first quarter of things like baseball cards and so forth. Well, that's, you know, yeah, you say, well, baseball cards, but that's a test. And it shows that uh, natural markets can grow. Nobody's overseeing this NFT market for baseball cards. It's just a platform and people go for it. Now, here's what's really interesting is that Water on Demand uh, Inc., the subsidiary could accept these back for investment. And so there would be literally a loop back to create even more benefit 
and opportunity to do subsidized reinvestment, meaning helping these cities like, you know, uh, Flint, South Bend, Compton, et cetera. So this is an exciting, exciting vision. Now, it is conceptual and it's possible that this would not be uh, developed. You know, I, I, we, we had our big uh, experiment in 2018, we hit crypto winter and we had to bow out, um, but you know, we're back and what we like, you know, really 2018, we learned so much, which is keep it simple. And we believe this is, but if it doesn't work, we'll just simply pay things, you know, through the deluxe, um, you know, electronic check market or whatever, or PayPal, there's ways to do it. So this does not interfere with water on demand, but it's vital. And I believe it will lead to a global world marketplace for water, the first ever. There are no water uh, marketplaces for water because water is considered local. Well, the minute you extract from water the payment stream, now it's a money instrument and it's represented in this secure, because what's cryptocurrency? Well, crypto means cryptography. It means security. It means you can't, you know, if you lose that thing, there you are. You can see it on, on, the, internet, on, the, on the, um, the blockchain, but you can't get it if you don't have the address, the private address. And so it's secure. And that means that now you have made water global as a market. And that's amazingly exciting. All right, well, we're building daily and uh, very important for you to stay connected. Here are our friends uh, from Philanthropic Investors. They've been wonderful supporters. They're really helping us bring, as I say, uh, so much of the international market um, top left is Alfredo Guato. Bottom left is Ivan and Bella Anz, who are just amazing supporters. Bottom right, Omar Paoloni. He is just a fantastic guy. So I love these guys and gal. And um, we like to think we're America's most transparent public company. We'll tell you everything that we can say within regulation. And remember, you get replays. So if you miss this, you can always go. Uh, just make sure that you're subscribed. Now, is possible to invest in water on demand. I'm not going to get into the specifics. Um, that's a bit later in the show. But to um, invest, you know, there's there's Ken, um, and of course, like everybody who's been in COVID, he doesn't really wear a tie every day, but he does dress up. He dresses up good. Uh, so he had, and, and and Ken has been just literally. He and I share a brain. He knows exactly what's going on and you can get a great idea and he has the time to speak to you, but his calendar is very full. So don't hesitate to click on it, but please be accredited or investing from outside the US. Thank you. So that is the, um, obviously we have a disclaimer, which is the offering I was telling you about is under regulation D for accredited investors and the safe harbor statement, which you've already seen. So that takes us back to the presentation and I hope you enjoyed it. Um, obviously I have to fix a couple things like that uh, little flowchart, but um, it's a premiere and we will be um, spreading this far and wide. All right, I thought I'd share a couple of uh, additional facts about water use and inflation. Interesting thing from a, an article on ResearchGate called Superconductivity and the Environment. And it's, it talks about a particular uh, technology, um, but what's interesting here is to look at the trend. And we really see that um, 
while agriculture is still the largest amount of, of usage, we see growing use by populations and industry. Now, um, agriculture is working hard to become more um, efficient and, uh, and, you know, they really want to make sure also that when the uh, home use and industrial use is, dis is badly discharged, it doesn't go into agriculture. So this is why, uh, you know, we have this problem with 60% of the population having bad, you know, unsafe sanitation that goes in the groundwater and literally it's in your broccoli. So that's, um, this is uh, 5 trillion, I don't know, it's actually, uh, it doesn't say, and I looked in the uh, paper, but nonetheless, it is a fascinating chart in terms of relative amounts. All right, now um, the next thing, <laughs> I saw this is about a scam coin, 27 trillion in circulation, blah, blah. I, this is a coin you would never invest in. Guess what? That's the US dollar. And on the right, you see the money, it was used to be called the M1 measure of, of money uh, in circulation. That has been discontinued. It, it went sky high and it just gave up. It just gave up. Uh, when they got to trillion, 20 trillion, uh, over 18 trillion is okay, whatever. So um, that is not a great sign. And it means that, you know, there's a lot of money moving into safe places. Uh, and now water is becoming one of those. And it is inflating, as you saw in the presentation, far higher than normal inflation. So remember that because it's not good news, but maybe we can help. All right. Now, these outsourced projects, the report from Dan, quickly, I'm going to cover this. Um, the MHP, that means Trailer Park, Mobile Home Park, Customer and PA, uh, that's continuing. There's follow-up meetings. This is the usual endless stuff, but it's moving along. Craft Brewing Customer is also going well. Um, then we have a new design, build, own, operate. That, that's basically the word water industry uses for outsourcing. And um, this, is, this is an animal farm in the Midwest, in a, a poultry farm, and they need, a, they need a plug and play. And they must have a system that will do all this. And they are wide open. They love the idea of something fully outsourced, including the capital. So no lack. When you say, you know, you don't have to pay up front, guess what? A lot of people get interested. And finally, this is really cool. We met uh, Tom and Dan uh, have connected with an amazing partner. A potential partner that um, isn't is is a um, um, well well developed um, ability to run these uh, design build and operate projects. So they have the technology and they need us to do design and build. So this is a really this could become really really exciting. And I'm you know I'm very concerned that as we raise the capital and we throw the money at uh, at our water company. Well, they better know how to do the managed services and deliver the good water by the gallon so that the fund gets paid, right? Otherwise, the whole thing breaks. So I'm really, really, you're going to hear much more about this. This is probably the most important thing I've discussed tonight. Okay, quickly now, um, the status here, the, um, the 100,000 investment, which you can um, you know, split up. Uh, there's a special feature that will blow your mind if you're interested in investing you can invest a small amount, but you must be accredited. All right, uh, let me stop quickly for a chat here. And um, 
very innovative. Tony B, have you approached Matt Damon? He cares very much about fresh drinking water for underdeveloped nations. Yes, Tony, um, let me say something about NGOs. We're gonna fix NGOs. Um, my experience with uh, non-governmental organizations, charities, is you're instantly the deep pocketed. They, you go, they have something called development. The people in development are the people who fundraise and they are hard sell. So the first thing I want is, how much are you gonna give us? So it's very much about giving them money, but we'd rather set up that market and do these um, beneficial programs and fund them. Because I, last week you saw how the, the people in Africa, or was it the week before? Anyway, they don't want to have donations. You donate a container's worth of, of clothing and the local clothing uh, garment uh, factory uh, goes bankrupt. They wanna have business business relationships, and that's what we're going to bring. So our plan is to build out water on demand, get this thing going, eventually with the H2O coin, and now go to people like Mac David and go, listen, here's a business model that we're going to get behind, and it's going to blow up um, economies in Africa and Asia, um, both with water cleaning and with the economics around it. It will create businesses. This is going to be the future, I believe. All right. So... Um, that's, that's the capabilities investment. Um, then investing in these large water on demand units, it's a $1 million investment into uh, a special purpose entity. We have one already called water on demand number one. And that is unique because you get a profit share and ultimately you could get those coins and a secured credit position. So that's the where you get the H2O coins, NFTs, call them what you like. And we've opened that. We have um, investors who we've announced are in discussions with us already, and that's continuing. Also, a major portal, a good friend of mine and I are, have been discussing doing these things in a series uh, as, a, as a delegated activity. They run all the marketing for that. And that's we have a proposal in front of us, and they'll do it for... Um, um, you know, they'll do it for um, a warrant as, as, as taking a chance with us. And finally, we are we continuing to work on this uh, reggae uh, that's been halted a little bit while we were waiting for the uh, annual report to be done. But now, now that that's imminent, we're going to be able to get this thing done and unaccredited investors are going to be able to invest. As always, please talk to Ken. He has the full picture. He's extremely knowledgeable. I know that I spent a lot of time today, more than usual, but I think it was worth it. Thank you. Thank you very much for being here tonight. It's been an honor presenting our um, strategic report to you. And please be here next week. And don't hesitate to communicate with us. Um, invest at originclear.com. Uh, reply to any CEO update that I send you because it goes into my inbox. Thank you. Good night and enjoy your weekend.